Welcome to our online experience. We are so happy that you are joining us today. Our hope is that your life will be impacted by our new series, Milk and Honey. While you're watching today, we will have active chat hosts ready to assist you with any questions and live prayer requests. You may be watching from the comfort of your home, but that doesn't mean you can't engage in the worship experience. So use that chat box as we experience today's message together. Enjoy the worship experience that's already in progress. Uh, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7. If you're there, say I'm there. If you're still looking, say wait on me. Okay, it's just a mixture there. I'll give you a moment. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7. And the Bible says... And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land. Somebody say a good and large land. To a land flowing with milk and honey the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the uh, Perizzites, and the uh, Vittites, and everybody else, and the Jebusites, and whatever other weird name they want to have in there. I want to minister a message to you today, out and in. Out and in. In. We're starting a brand new series. Thank you, gentlemen. We're starting a brand new series today, um, of course, called Milk and Honey. And we're about to journey through the story of Moses, Joshua, and the Israelites. Um, God is going to bring revelation to help us enter into what he has promised us. Um, as I get ready to jump into uh, the meat of this, I want you to understand this, and I need you to write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes... God is a promise keeper. He's a, he's a promise keeper. And this is important because, you know, a lot of you say, yes, he is. But the truth is, some of you that say, yes, he is, don't really believe it. Hello. Come on. Let's, let's get right to it. Uh, 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 you, you really don't believe it. Because some of us, we say we believe it, but faith is not spoken. Faith is acted upon. Sharon, what has to happen is that we've got to see what God is telling us. But faith is not faith until you until you bust them over. So you've got to realize that faith is action. And lots of people say that they believe that God keeps his promises, but we show that we really don't believe it because we won't step out on what he said. We, we won't move because the reality is, and I, and I hope I can get a couple of more amens that would admit this in here today. The reality is that sometimes we are like, God, I don't know that if I step out, you're going to catch me. Y'all can act religious if you want to, but I know the truth in here. Uh, uh, you know, God, I don't really know that if I go and I go apply for such and such, are you really going to make that happen? Or was the prophet smoking that day, huh? Uh, you know, weed is legal now. Did he get him some? Uh, God, I'm not clear. <laughs> Some of y'all got so excited when they passed that law. And I want to tell you the overabundance of anything is bad for you. 
Uh, addiction to that apple juice you drinking is bad. Y'all ain't said something. Some of you are addicted to Pepsi. I see you in here. I see you. Uh-huh. You quiet now. The room went quiet. I said addicted. You can't have a day without a drink of Pepsi. And Jesus want to set you free just like he want to set the crack at it free. Why y'all quiet? Y'all talk about the weed addict. Some of y'all are addicted to a whole lot of other stuff. Let's keep going in this. Oh, God is a promise keeper. Which means what he says he's going to do, Shermel, he does it. What he, what he said he's going to complete, he completes it. You've got to know that this year. Because if you know that, that can be the foundation of your entire life and you can run into what God has for you. But you've got to start off with he's a promise keeper. You know promise makers, but you don't know a lot of promise keepers. Come on. Some of y'all are in relationships and certain things happen and I promise I'll never do it again. And when they do it again. Some of you parents, you know, your favorite thing for your kids, your kids say to you, I, I, I do better next time. Come on. Five minutes later, they're in the same thing. They were in the same, come on, parents told you they were going to keep things and do different things. And we are living in a life where many of us, if we admit it, have had failed promises. God is a promise keeper. I love the story of Moses because Moses' story is very unique. And, and I need you to understand the uniqueness of his story because I believe it can connect with many of you. Sometimes we think that God... Uh, in order for us to become who God wanted us to become, that we have to come from a certain pedigree, that we have to come from a certain type of family, that we have to come from a certain location, that we have to have certain things in place. Some of us have not made moves that we should make because of the fact that we're concerned about our background. Amen, lights. I know you're in here. Uh, 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 we were concerned about where we came from, so it becomes an inhibitor for us to begin to step into what God told us to do. Or we use our current circumstances, the fact that we have children is why we have not done what God told us to do. I want to talk to every parent. Every parent, lean in. I said to lean in. I want to talk to every parent real quick. Stop blaming your children on why you haven't done what God told you to do. Sit back. It's not your children. It's you. I feel bad for them kids because you always talking about, you know, if I, if I didn't have Johnny, then I could have went to the, no, man, that ain't why you haven't done it. You haven't done it just because you don't want to come in agreement and it sounds good to blame them buckhead kids. It is, it sounds good to blame your children. But the reality is that when God called you, he knew you were going to have 10 kids. That man knew that thing. He knew you was going to have 10 kids. He knew, he, knew, uh, he knew how you were going to have them. He knew a whole situation. He knew how many people you had them with. Listen, he knew. Y'all don't want to work in here. He knew the whole journey. It may be a surprise to you. 
But let me tell you, God is never surprised. Y'all, 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 y'all. So some of you are like, you know, I lost my apartment so I can't follow God. Oh, y'all don't want this word. I, I, my circumstance is not perfect yet. I want it to be like this and lined up this way. And when I have a certain amount, then I'll do it. And when this person gives me the connection, then I'll do it. And when this thing opens up, then I'll do it. You will never have perfect circumstances, but you'll always have a perfect God. You'll always have a God that's always in his place of perfection. And if you obey God, I need you to look at somebody and look like they know it already. And tell them, if you obey God, you'll get his promise. Moses was born in a terrible time. In the day where Pharaoh wanted to take out sons, wanted to take out the boys, and he went on a journey of trying to take them out. But he had a wise family who believed in the promises that was over his life. Put him inside of a basket of some type, laid him upon the current of the water. If I had the time, I would, I would really work that out for a minute for you to understand that when you see water, you see Holy Spirit. Y'all don't want to work in here. And so even in Moses' life, his family knew, his family knew, if I could just cast him upon Holy Spirit, y'all, if I can just give him to the Lord, I got a whole, I got a, I got a stick right here for a minute. Some of you, the reason why you're so frustrated, you haven't learned how to give your family to the Lord. That's why you mad. That's why you angry because you don't know how to give them over. A matter of fact, the Lord told me to tell five of you is that you have a God mentality. The reason why you won't give them over to God is because you want to be God in their lives. And at some point in time, y'all won't say amen. At some point in time, you got to let them go and let God handle them. Moses' family cast him upon the waters. And Holy Spirit, as he always does, carries him to the destination point he was called to be in. <laughs> you got to trust God to carry you. You got to realize he's big enough to take you there. I don't got to sleep my way to the top. Y'all quiet in here. I ain't got to lie my way to the top. I don't got to cheat my way to the top. But I know a God that has the ability. Oh my God, well, some people would just sway a little bit with me today. I know a God that has the ability to carry me to the place I've been designed to be in. Holy Ghost carries him. He arrives at Pharaoh's house. Pharaoh's daughter comes in and takes this child and takes him in as her own, raises him and teaches him the ways of her culture. God help me to preach this today. I need you to understand that sometimes circumstances that you think are against you are for you. And that God allowed different things to happen. You don't understand. It takes a lot of work to orchestrate your promise into placement. Here comes the prophetic word. But once the prophetic word comes, God has to get into the heart of some individuals and say, okay, I need you to be at this place. I need you to be right here. I need you to, y'all don't understand this. That's why the Bible says it's all working together for your good. In other words, God is putting the pieces together. 
Why are you tripping out by how long it is taking? All you gotta know is God is working. Let the man work. Y'all quiet here like a Presbyterian church. I said, let the man work. Maybe they say an amen online. I don't know. Let, let the man work. So he, he works and, and he works. And what seemed like could have been the end of this boy was the moment that God brought him in. Look at this for the preparation of his destiny. Yeah. The preparation of his destiny. You hate your job, but it's destiny preparation. If you want just a three-point message, I can name five churches up the street you can go to. But if you want a word from the Lord, y'all quiet in here. I'm carrying it for you. If you want to know what the Lord say to you today, I got it for you. You complaining about where you live in, but it's all a part of the plan. So again, he lives his life there, and it brings us to this point here. God help me to preach this. Uh, 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 verse 1 where we began um, uh, 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 well let me go back to verse 1 let's go to verse 1 we didn't hear that let's go to verse 1 we're going to fast forward now Moses is now married he ran from Egypt why did he run because there was something in Moses crying out that Moses didn't even know about himself good God almighty Sometimes God will put you in circumstances so pressure can make what's in you to come out of you. <laughs> this is why the, the anointing is always connected to the olive oil. I've told you this before, but it's worth repeating. Because in order for the oil to flow from the olive, the olive must receive pressure. The olive must be crushed. The olive must be crushed down before the oil can flow. And I know you don't like pressure. I know you don't like the way it feels. But I came to tell about 200 folks in San Bernardino today. Let the man put the pressure on. Because if he puts the pressure on you at the right time, what's on you will make it come out of you. You've got to let him put the pressure on. Moses comes to a situation. She sees an Israelite slave. He's going through a process of being harmed. Pressure. All of a sudden, Moses fights against what he knows to be his people. Not realizing that sometimes God puts stuff in you that you don't even know about. God will put stuff in you that you're not even aware of. That's why you cannot be led by your flesh. But the Bible says it like this. Oh, those that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. God. And if you want to be a son of God, hit somebody next to you and tell them who's your daddy. You want to be a son of God, you got to follow the spirit. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Here is this man minding his business. Thank you, Pastor Diana. I plan on it. Minding his business. He 
he sees the plight of someone. And that's what you got to get. You got to get that your life is not your own. Carlin, you got to get that you a deliverer. Jose, you got to understand you've been designed to set a particular type of people free. And sometimes it's not until you in the right circumstances, Maisha, that you'll find out who you've been called to. My life is surely not my own. This life is one that's been given to me. And God wants to work me. Y'all ain't saying nothing. He wants me to come in and be obedient. Just like the mule he found on the side of the road when it was time for him to make his triumphal entry he just showed up and took the mule and got on that donkey and the donkey came into obedience i know you might not like the way this sounds but you gotta let god handle you you gotta let god move you you gotta let god shift you wherever he wants to take you however he wants to take you there whenever he wants to take you i wish somebody holler yes You've got to let him do it. So, so they got place. He sees this happening. Something rose up in him. They said, not today. Y'all, y'all. See, that's got to be some of y'all mentality this year. You're like, well, you can't play with the devil. If you're going to fight with me, what belongs to me, and fight what's connected to me, not today, fool. Not today. I wish I had a couple of people who would just point their finger to the ground and say, not today, idiot. Not today. Not today. You're not going to lay a hand on my family. You're not going to lay a hand on my money. You're not going to lay a hand on anything connected to me. Not today. The greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I've got power that you can't see. God is living inside of me and God and me are the majority. He says, well, it rose up in this man and he kills what was trying to kill his people. I'm looking for some people that want to move into spiritual warfare this year. I, I, this is, you, you, you hang around here and you think we were what we were and don't understand we in our next, you're going to get messed up. Because I want you to know this house is moving into high level spiritual warfare to deal with the principalities and the powers that try to rule over this region and even Southern California. Devil, we ain't playing with you. Southern California will be saved. Southern California will bow its knee to the name of Jesus Christ. I've been to Declaring in my own house that the glory flows all up and down the coast, baby. The glory flows all and down. California will know the Lord. I'm not taking prisoners. I'm going to kill it. playing with this devil you don't play with a devil you kill a devil 
Y'all playing in here. You don't play with hell. You kill hell. You take it by the neck. Y'all ain't playing it here. Y'all act. I know where I'm at right now. And I know what kind of people go to my church. Some of y'all done choke somebody out in your life. Y'all playing with me. Some of you done put your hands around some necks. And you will let them know. I'm going to show you what it is. Y'all ain't so. I remember. I remember. I remember. It was the fifth grade, Pastor Greg. And a little boy really thought that he took my niceness for weakness. And I'll never forget that he began to talk about me. And he messed up and said something about my mama, Pastor Hosea. Said something. My mama, Pastor Hosea. And so I remember. I blacked out. All I remember after that is that his chain was being tightened around his neck. And the teacher had to take me to the office at Marvin Elementary School in Los Angeles just to be sure. And the teacher had to take me to the office because something had happened in me. I had made a decision not today for. That's the way you got to deal with hell. You got to deal with hell in that kind of mindset and say, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm not going to have it another day. You're no longer going to touch what's mine. I'll kill a devil. Look at somebody say, I'll kill a devil. I'm trying to get through this. And so he kills the man. I'm trying to bring you up to date on Moses. Have you seen? That's all I'm trying to do. And he, kills, he kills the man and runs for his life. Runs for his life. At this point, he now he finds him a wife. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm believing this is the year the saints going to get married. Come on, talk to me in here. For all of those that think I don't want you married, you a line and a half. I want you married. I just want you married to the right one. Y'all quiet in here. But I want a church full of married folks. I'm believing new marriages this year, new babies after the marriage is about to pop up in here. I decree it in the name of be fruitful after marriage and multiply after marriage. Let's keep with this story. Moses, y'all excited about that word. <laughs> Moses, Moses, in Exodus 3, verse 1, come on back to the word, children. The Bible says that now, I caught you up to date, now Moses was sending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led a flock back to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Ooh. If I had time, I would walk you through understanding that God talks on mountains. And the reason why some of you don't hear them is because you refuse to come up higher. I got to move. I got to move. The Bible says while he was on the mountain, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. 
Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. Verse 4, so when the Lord saw that he turned aside, ooh, wish I had time, that he turned aside to look. God called to him from the midst of the bush and said to Moses, Moses. Now, I got to pause to help you to realize that God is no respecter of persons. And just like he knows Moses' name, he knows yours. Now, for some of you, that's insignificant. But then there's others of you that are in here that are like, I don't know if God really sees me. I don't know if God really recognizes me. And I want to stop for a moment to give you a prophetic word that God is concerned about every aspect of your life. And even the things that you consider small and of no importance are even important to your father. God is concerned about you. He knows your name. I need you to hit somebody on the left side of you if nobody's there, tap the angel and tell them God knows your name. Did Moses, Moses, best response Moses could say, he says, here I am. When God calls, you can run shouldn't run but you've got to position yourself to be there look at somebody say i'm here for it i am here for it verse five said then he said do not draw near this place i won't hurt you there's a whole lot of glory over here i've surely seen the oppression where am i at don't draw near this place take your sandals off your feet that's where i'm at for the place where you stand is holy ground mm, america don't understand the word holy America doesn't understand holy, but I believe God is going to bring us into a new understanding as a people of what holiness is. It's not a type of dress. It's not no makeup. It's not just walking around like you've been slapped with the ugly bush. It is not walking around seeming like you've got it all together. But the thing is, he said, be ye holy for I am holy. See, the reason why I know some people uh, don't really pray is because you don't got holiness on you. You're not set apart. There's nothing different on you. You look just like the rest of the culture. You look like everybody around you. But somebody's got to pay the price at some point in time that says, I want to draw near to God. And he says, if I draw near to you, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Keep preaching sermon. So, um, the Bible says... He says, I am God of your father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses hid his face. So, for he was afraid to look upon him. This is what I want you to get before I give you my real message. Um, is that God wants you to understand what he's going to give you this year in order to prepare you for where you're going is going to be encounters. Now, some of you don't know what I'm talking about, so I'm going to break it down. Encounters. Somebody say encounters. If you serve a supernatural God and have never experienced him supernaturally, you're living beneath your privilege. You don't serve a God of heaven, okay, and earth, 
and then not experience his interventions. Now, most of you have. You just don't really realize that was what it was. But I believe that this year, there's going to be an increase of encounters with the presence of the Lord, Dr. Arnita. I, I believe that this is going to be the year where you're going to see that God is going to intervene in your time. You'll be riding on the bus, and all of a sudden, uh, you'll begin to hear the voice of God. And you'll be like, did somebody say something to me? Like, y'all, did you talk to me? Yeah. Uh, you're going you're gonna to be like, you're going to begin to hear the voice of God. You're going to be like those that like Samuel, like Samuel, when he was in the temple, God began to call his name and he looked at the wicked prophet Eli and he said, did you call me? And Eli said, no, nah, fool, I ain't call you. And then he said, go and lay down. And Samuel heard him call him again. He said, did you call me? He said to him, the next time that you hear this voice call you, simply say to the voice, Lord, your servant hears. You've got to get to the place where you realize that you've got to be open to God's supernatural encounters. You've got to be open that if you're going to complete a supernatural mission, you're going to need supernatural encounters. Now, i got to give this to you. When you encounter God in prayer, holler back prayer. When you encounter God in his word, somebody say his word. When you encounter God in worship, somebody say worship. When you encounter God, God imparts to you what you need for the task ahead. Okay. There is no supernatural encounter with God. Now, we've wasted them. But there's no supernatural encounter with God that God is not trying to release something to you for your journey. The thing is, we experience the presence of the Lord, and some of you at this church are so spoiled. You're spoiled by encounters. It's such your normal that you forget to ask him why he came. Because you don't know why he came that day, Jazz, then you don't find out what you're supposed to receive out of that moment. When you don't ask him, God, why am I experiencing this, you know? Uh, some of you, you, you don't understand encounters because you, you see this thing of a fire burning in a bush and you're like, that is too much for me. No, thank you. No, thank you. But some, of you some of you don't realize that you've been driving. How many of you ever drove down the street and, and then uh, a billboard just, I mean, popped out to you? It was like... Am I the only one? Why y'all leave me out here like this? Okay, don't do that. Uh, so, and it, it was like, oh my God. It was like the bill was talking right to your soul. It could have been a McDonald's, you know, billboard. It could have been anything. But, but you all of a sudden have this moment where that thing began to speak to your very soul. And you don't realize that was God giving you an encounter of revelation. What does revelation mean? It means the man turns the light on. He'll take something around you and turn the light on and make it live in a way in front of you. The way you never heard it. For me, it happened. I told it on an anniversary. It happened for me years ago when Jaquette's uncle was talking about San Bernardino. He began to talk about how much he hated. Well, he didn't say hate. He didn't like the city and that he wanted to close down the stuff that he had here. But while he was talking, his voice for me, right in the midst of a family gathering, began to morph into the voice of God for me. And I knew God was telling me, I've raised you up to be a deliverer to San Bernardino. I heard him say, move across the country from Oklahoma and moved to this city called San Bernardino. I had an encounter and in that encounter what came to me was enough faith to leave everything I knew and go where I need to go. Oh my. Look at somebody and tell them you're one encounter away. You're one encounter away. So he tells them 
Listen, verse 7 says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people. He said, I've seen what's going on with them. Guess what? I have not only delivered you, Moses, not only am I wanting to deliver this people, but I bring them out to bring them in. Uh, can I tell you that most of us have missed out on the real understanding of our deliverance. We know what he called us out of, but we don't know what he wants to bring us into. For every person God calls out, he calls them out to bring them in. For every person that he pulls out of sickness, he calls them into a particular place. I know you are delivered from such and such and thing and thing, but what I want to know is what has he delivered you to? He told the children of Israel, he said, I'm bringing you out of imprisonment to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Some of us are not living the best life we can live because we're satisfied with coming out. But we have no desire to go in. I'm only expecting about five amens right there. We're satisfied with, I don't do that no more. I don't, I don't do that no more. That's not me. I don't behave like that. God set me free. But you have no idea that whoever he set free, he empowers uh, to go into a place to set others free. Uh, your deliverance was not just for you. He brought Moses out uh, to take Moses back in so that he could bring the children of Israel out uh, so that he could take them in. I bring you out, out of imprisonment into abundance. The scripture says, I'm going to bring you into a place flowing. Somebody say flowing. Flowing. The Hebrew word here for flowing means to gush forth abundantly. Uh, I was so excited. Thank you, whoever did that. Uh, uh, I was so excited as I was reading the word. Because the Lord said, Sherman, I want you to prophesy to your tribe that this is the year that they were about to see the abundance of God. You can sit there like that if you want to. But I'm going to tell you the truth. God spoke to me out of heaven and said that he brought you out of what he brought you out of to bring you into your abundant place. This is the place where it's flowing, baby. It is flowing. There's the gush of God. Y'all ain't playing it here. The gush, it gushes forth abundantly in your life. God is about to show you that he meant business with your life. He wasn't playing with his promises. He was I hear the Lord saying now the promises of God are yeah and it's flowing to you I'm telling you the abundance of God is coming to your life you don't have to receive what the devil told you you don't have to live beneath your privilege but I'm believing that he didn't just come to bring me life but he came to bring me life and that more abundantly he came to bring me life the everlasting life enough life to give away enough life to give to you enough to give away flowing I gotta go flowing with milk sit down please with milk with milk with milk 
Can I tell you all of my 36 years, it sounded good, but I didn't know what it meant. Y'all gonna leave me out here like this? Like, milk and honey, okay, it sounds nice. Milk, honey, all right. White and gold. Cotton candy. <laughs> Let me see. It's just, I, just, I, I just like, God, I don't get it. Like, what does it really mean? And I did some research and I found out that if you have abundance of milk, that means you have abundance of cattle. That doesn't, it's still, let me, let me finish it. And if you have abundance of cattle, that means you have abundance of lush green grass. And if you have abundance of lush green grass, that means that you have waters that are continually flowing in your life. Y'all don't want to work in here. And so the Lord began to say, I'm causing for you to come into a place where the water is going to flow well. And where the waters flow, there is productivity. Where the waters flow, there is abundance. So where there is milk, there is water. Where there is water, there is green grass. Where there is green grass, there is cattle. And where there's cattle, there is much milk. Glory to God. I'm believing God that the water is about to flow to every one of your lives. I believe you don't have enough faith for it, but I believe God for you. I said, Here comes the water. 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 coming into a land that has the ability to create an ecosystem in you <laughs> that everything is connected in some way and God's going to begin to show you the connection pieces he's going to show you how to work what you have in order to walk into the abundance that you're supposed to have and I want you to realize something that the children of Israel did not work for this land neither did they tend to the cattle neither did they cause for the water to go to the right places neither did they take care of the grass but because they eventually obeyed God God said I will bring you into stuff that somebody else worked for to prepare for you y'all don't like this word I'm about to bring you into something stuff uh, that somebody's been holding on to. Uh, I'm telling you, some of you, uh, you can drive by that house and say, that's my house. Uh, I know it's occupied, uh, but you just house sick for me. Uh, you just holding on to my house uh, until it's my time. I find somebody and tell them I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Says, there's an ecosystem working. I'm about to bring you into some stuff. See, obedience will always bring you into miracles. And it don't have to be stuff that makes sense in the natural world. Because some of you are stuck into a world that says you work and they give you a check. And that when they give you a check, that's when you get what you need. But I serve a God that works a little bit differently. He says, you obey me, I give you miracles. And my miracles supersede natural laws. My miracles supersede a check. My miracles supersede...
proceed clocking in and clocking out. And I believe somebody's about to experience the hand of God moving on your obedience. And it's about to bring you into the miraculous of God. Church, get ready. Because here it comes. Get ready. Because here it comes. He's releasing it to your life. I got got to tell you about this, honey. Milk. Honey. Honey represents the delightfulness of God. Land that has much water, sit down for a moment, can produce all kinds of flowers. Flyer flowers give nectar. The nectar is food for the bees. And the bees produce honey. I said again, the water creates flowers. The flowers create nectar. And the nectar is food to the bees. And the bees create honey. Why are you telling me all of this? I'm trying to help you understand the ecosystem of your promise. <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff connected to it. But when you make one step, Sean, into your obedience, God will work something out for you that you have no understanding of. You'll take one step of obedience, and he said, now I'll connect the dots. You're a dot, that's a dot, that's another dot, that's connected to another dot. And you've just been seeking out your promise, but some of you are the fulfillment of somebody's prophecy. And until you become obedient, they don't get their word. Y'all miss that. Until you do what the Lord said, some people don't get their promise. That's why I've got to obey God because my obedience brings somebody else's prophecy. If we had not left Oklahoma, y'all don't want to work for me, and moved to California, when a man, after... A little over a year of marriage or so was going through divorce its potential is that he wouldn't have had a place to call a place to call and say I need help to walk me through my freedom and my deliverance my yes was connected to his yes and if I had not said yes, he might not have gotten his miracle. Y'all not getting this. You don't understand how big your life is. You got to say yes. Hit your neighbor. Say, say yes, please. You got to get somebody else and say yes, please. Come on, find somebody else and say yes, please. Thank you for worshiping with us online. If God has impacted your life through this ministry, help us continue to reach people all over the world by investing today. You can give by going to All Nations bd.com and clicking give we want to know how our online experience is changing your life please send your testimony to info at allnationssbd.com and stay connected throughout the week by following us on social media at all nations sbd